0: You may have seen the title of this episode and are scratching your head. What in the world is Brad talking about? I need more feminine energy to my law practice. What's that? Life is all about balance. You can't just eat candy and salty snacks and expect to be healthy. For instance, you need vegetables and fruits and proteins. I mean, You don't have to totally get rid of all the candy and snacks, but you have to do the things as part of your diet as well. Most lawyers are focused on doing, on taking action, getting things done, on logic and critical thinking, on achievement, productivity. But without also including feminine energy in your practice, on planning, uh, the emotional connections with others, boundaries, self-care, your practice is only going to go so far. And if you find that you have hit a wall in your practice, or maybe you're becoming burnt out or dissatisfied, the issue may be that you are focusing too much on the masculine energy and not enough on the feminine in your practice. I'm going to go into that today on this episode. I'm Brad Miller, and this podcast will help you transform your law practice through deliberate design, core business competency, mental mastery, and powerful positioning So that you can have a practice that gives you the life you want, not a life that is the mercy of your practice. If you want to stop struggling, spend more time with your family, live a life of abundance, and make a difference in the lives of your clients, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the New Modern Lawyer Podcast. The law is a very masculine profession. And I'm not just talking about it being a male-dominated world of navy suits and wood-paneled offices. The practice of law has a lot of masculine energy in it. And that by itself isn't bad, because masculine energy is all about taking action and getting things done. And without action, nothing gets accomplished. You don't go your law practice, anything like that. But the problem comes when there isn't enough feminine energy to balance out all that masculine energy when you're doing stuff, but maybe you're not getting traction with it, or maybe you're not doing the right things, when you aren't able to connect with prospective clients, either through marketing, messages, or even in just your one-on-one conversations with them. Now, let me go back here for a second. Now, we're talking about masculine and feminine energy today, and I want to be very clear up front that this has nothing to do with men versus women or gender or anything like that, okay? Everyone has both masculine and feminine energy. And you may have more than one, more of one or the other in you, but ultimately you have both. You know, Things that are more related to planning and birth are considered feminine. You know, and things that are more related to execution and action are considered masculine. So it's the idea of the yin and the yang, right? As lawyers, we tend to have a lot of masculine energy. And that means we're always doing things, we're hustling, we're trying to be productive. We tend to be logic-driven. We like law, or excuse me, we like order and organization, laws. I mean order, organization. And we tend to be focused, goal-driven, and about achievement, about accomplishing things, right? I mean, it's all part of our personalities. As lawyers, we tend to have type A personalities, where are high achievers, you know, we probably always got good grades and honors, focusing on education and advancement and, and things like that. And then when it comes to school, this was all reinforced within us. You know, Both as far back as I know even elementary and all back then, uh, you know, grades and academic achievement is celebrated. You know, think about the idea of the honor roll, you know, or award ceremonies where they give awards for academic achievement and then you're pushed to continue that so that you get into the right college and then the right law school you know god forbid something would happen and you wouldn't get into the right law school you know and what does that mean for your future prospects and things right and then in law school the idea of thinking like a lawyer you know what we all you know kind of talk about this is what law school really does is it kind of teaches you how to think like a lawyer well that's all based on logical reasoning problem solving, details, precision, you know, those are all masculine concepts. And these things are then further celebrated, which you could actually get into the legal profession because, you know, where there's an emphasis on your work ethic, on billable hours, on being productive. Now as I mentioned again, masculine energy is great. And it's necessary for your success as a lawyer or as a law business owner. You mean without energy, without this masculine energy, without doing, you, you nothing happens, right? Nothing gets accomplished at all. But this masculine energy has to be balanced with feminine energy. Now, feminine energy is focused on things like creativity, flexibility, emotional connections. It includes things like planning, introspection, and intuition. You, know, as you can see, a lot of feminine things are kind of these hidden things. Maybe they're not necessarily the things that you see, um, like the action that you get with the masculine energy. And feminine energy also includes rest and relaxation and includes joy and pleasure. Now, With this emphasis in the law practice and legal uh, industry on masculine energy, feminine energy often takes a back seat or sometimes it's just outright discouraged. I mean, in most law firms, compensation advancement in the law firms, it's all based on action. It's based on the time you spend working on a matter. The time you spend you do on things for the firm, for clients, the hours you bill. There's this constant pressure to produce things, to do something tangible for there to be a return on investment um you know on the actions you do on the things that you put money into even on yourself as as an associate as a lawyer in a firm um you know oftentimes and they won't say it to your face but you can get this you can you can definitely get the sense that you are seen as an investment and you need to make sure that the firm sees that they're getting return on that investment that you actually that they're actually making money off of you and if they're not then you have concerns about you know your longevity at the firm, whatever. Um, and there's also just this pressure on creating boundaries where shutting off for the day, taking time out, things like this, they're frowned upon, or even worse, they can actually be detrimental if you put any priority on this. They can be detrimental to your legal career. People say that you're not serious about uh, your career, about the practice of law. It's questioning your abilities as a lawyer. Um, you know, and, and you can see how it just kind of goes on and on from there. Too much masculine energy, too much of this doing of the action, of the logic, with too little of the feminine energy, leaves you imbalanced. You know, maybe you are always doing things. You're always constantly doing one thing after another. You've got a laundry list of things to do. But you're not really taking the time to consider why you're doing what you're doing. You know, why are these actually things on your to-do list? Why are these tasks that you're working on? Why are you actually doing them? You know, or maybe you're not putting together a plan of action, so you're just kind of haphazardly taking whatever is in your face. You know, very reactionary. Um, you know, whoever makes the the biggest uh, complaint is you know where your attention goes. You know, but you don't really have a plan of action to try to accomplish actually things. Maybe you get stuck in your box of comfort and familiarity. You know, you kind of fall back on. That's the way it's always been done. That old standby that, that phrase that I, I hate that is used for people to resist change and doing something different. Well, that's just the way it's always been done. And you know why change something if it's not broken, right? Um, well, doing that, not being willing to step out of that box of being able to do something different, that actually stifles innovation. and it stifles the advancement of yourself, your law practice. And ultimately even, I mean the legal profession itself, part of the reason why I think that the legal profession finds itself behind when it comes to technology and other things uh, compared to other uh, industries is because we 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 fall back on this idea of precedence, on you know being comfortable with the way things have been done and not wanting to change things and not looking at them right or maybe you you know you're pushing yourself you're pushing you're pushing to achieve to accomplish things to make partner to get that brief done to help your clients whatever it might be just always pushing and action and doing but you're not taking care of yourself. You're not taking time for self-care. You're not taking time to rest, to rejuvenate. And that can lead to fatigue. That can lead to unhappiness, dissatisfaction with your law practice, with your life. And it can lead to burnout. You know, when you're not taking that time and you're, you know, for yourself, but you're constantly doing, constantly moving. Now, let's make this concrete for you, and let's look at some examples uh, to demonstrate the importance of having feminine energy to balance out masculine, okay? So it is the new year here when I'm recording this podcast episode, and a lot of people have these resolutions of they want to be healthier. For the new year, I want to be a healthier person. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to go to the gym, things like that, all right? So let's say you want to go to the gym to get healthier, okay? So the masculine energy in that is things like going to the gym itself, you know, making the time you driving to the gym, you get there, you jump on a piece of equipment and you start doing the exercises. You start working on reps, you know, worried about, um, the amount of weight, how fast you're going, things like that. You know, you're doing, using all the equipments, different machines, apparatus, you know, different kinds of weights and things like that. Maybe you're mimicking others. You're kind of seeing how other people who are there at the gym seem to be carrying themselves and the kind of things that they're doing. And if somebody seems like they're in pretty good shape and they're doing something, well, hey, if it's working for them, you know, you just kind of jump on and you, you, um, you know, you do the same thing as they're doing. Now, that's all masculine energy sort of related things. Now, if you do that and you don't do any of the other feminine things, if you just focus on those things, You likely are not going to achieve the goals you're trying to get. I mean, if you're just jumping on the first piece of equipment you see, uh, maybe it's let's say it's a treadmill and you start running. Right. You know, that might be great for cardio, but that's not going to make you stronger. Right. That's not going to work on your flexibility doing that. And if your your goals are to get healthier, maybe it's to. Um, be able to fit in your clothes better, to look more attractive for your spouse or whatnot, just doing cardio is not going to cut it. right? You need to do other things. You know, or you're going to be doing things. You're going to be running. You're going to be pushing yourself. You're going to be getting burnt out because you know, all you're focusing on is just the action, on the doing, on lifting these weights, and lifting more weights, and running and doing it faster and, and all these things that you're doing more and more and more and more of. You're going to get burned out eventually. You can't sustain that without rest. And ultimately, what you could end up is getting yourself hurt, getting injured, because you're not taking the time to rest, to um, to work on the whole body. You know, you're focusing just on one area, and that's not good for the rest of your whole body. Again, I'm not by any stretch of imagination um, what you call a gym rat or anything, but I at least get the concept and the idea of the importance of doing other things, right, and not just uh, focusing on one area, right? so that 's if you just focus on the, the masculine energy side of things. So why would you want to put energy? Well, you put the feminine energy side of things are in there, like maybe you put together a whole body workout plan you know, to make sure that you're not just working on your cardio, on your heart health, on things, fitness like that, but you're doing things that can help you maybe lose weight, help you build muscle. Right? And then you do that by sitting down and formulating a plan. You know, figuring out what um, equipment you're going to use, what kind of exercises you're going to do, how much, how many reps you're going to do of each of these things, like that, um, how often you're going to go every week. You know, maybe Mondays you're going to go and you're going to do cardio, and then Wednesdays are going to be an arm day, and Fridays are a leg day, or whatever it might be. Uh, but you're putting that plan together to help you accomplish whatever it is you're doing before you start taking any of these action, the masculine energy actions, right? It's important to put in breaks, you know, if you don't put breaks in between sets, between exercises, between positions, you could hurt yourself. I mean, if you're going to the gym every day for hours at a time, you're going to injure yourself your body needs time to rest, to recover, um, you know, to be able to heal itself so that you can then accomplish those goals that you've got looking healthier or whatnot, you know. Um you know and maybe you're doing things like you know a feminine energy example would be taking some classes. You know many gyms offer different kinds of classes, different aerobic classes or group sessions, uh maybe a spinning class, things like that or just the opportunity to work out with others. You know having the motivation of of someone there to keep you on track to to say hey how you're going what are you up to now or you have you been going you know accountability partners and things like that it can be a lot more enjoyable sometimes you know these are the things that are kind of and this is what I mean by saying these are kind of these hidden things they're not the action the doing stuff but I would argue they're just as important as the lifting of the weights they're just as important as the reps that you do. Um, because without them, you're not gonna be successful, not gonna be able to achieve those goals you're looking for. Alright. That's a general kind of life example. Let's look at something that's a little bit more law-specific for you. Alright. Crafting a great closing argument. Now the masculine energy, if you just focus on the masculine energy involved in closing it in a closing argument and putting one together, you'd be thinking about things like the order. But you know, making sure that your argument is in a logical order, that you go to all of the elements of maybe the offense you're trying to, to talk about, or the law that's that's um, that's at issue here, you're looking to make sure that you have matched up the evidence with each element, you know, of the law, and that you are making sure there's a very well structured. Thing, that you have your introduction and you have the time where you start inter- and then you go to the different elements and then you have a conclusion and everything's very logical and focused on procedure, making sure you have all the technical requirements, that all the evidence that you need to have has been introduced properly and, and how do you properly use the technology in the courtroom and, and all that kind of stuff, you know? Those are the kind of the masculine energy side of putting together a closing argument. You know the actual stating there in front and and giving it to the uh you know a jury or a judge or whatnot you know and if that's all you focus on, yeah, you'll have a a closing argument, and it's going to be and it'll be a logical one, sure, you know it'll make sense you'll have covered the elements and things necessary, but it's probably going to come across kind of cold and maybe argumentative perhaps you might lose the, you know, if you're doing this in front of a jury, you might lose a juror's attention if it's so cold and it's very, very factual-based and driven. And ultimately, it's probably not going to be that persuasive. I mean, you might have laid out a great case. You have all the facts lining up with the parts of law that you need. Um, you know, But when you're dealing with a jury in particular, facts don't always cut it. You know, you might have the best case and you still may not get a jury to find in your favor. And that's where the feminine energy comes into place. Because feminine energy is going to be things like the theme of your argument. You know, now most of the time when you're putting together a closing argument in the case, you're coming up with some theme and it may be something that continued on from uh, earlier in the trial, from your openings or, or throughout the case you've been doing, or maybe something you just came up for this closing but oftentimes we'll have themes that we'll have in there and maybe we'll put stories tied into that theme and how what happened in the case um you know is woven and is maybe analogous to this story that's giving, right the fed was just like the language you use how colorful things how you describe things um you know what you're trying to do to Specifically to persuade the trier of fact, you know, whether that's a judge or a jury, um, you know, coming up with that emotional connection that you really need to get someone to believe you, you know, and you know if you use demonstratives, whether it's posters or you know or, or powerpoints or whatnot, you know, just the creativity in coming up with those demonstratives and the color, making using colors and the fonts and all those things, you know, the feminine creativity side of things. If you put that into your closing argument it's likely going to be a lot more persuasive. It's going to be a lot more successful than if you just have a very cold, logic-driven, masculine energy-based closing argument. Okay? Let's do another one then. In your law practice, getting new clients, you know, doing marketing or god forbid we use the word sales for your practice. So, the masculine energy focused way to get new clients is to demonstrate your legal knowledge. You know, show those people that you know what you're talking about, um, you know, based on your experience, based on your education, maybe the mm-hmm. awards that you've achieved or you've accomplished, you've you've received. You know, maybe you're going to share previous results that you've gotten in various cases that you've done, you know, this many cases before and these are the type of results that you've gotten for clients, you know. And you know your ex- the marketing materials. You know maybe you're putting together um, some pamphlets or uh, a videos or radio ad or whatever it might be. You know, but you're you're executing. You're doing the actions to actually create these marketing materials that are necessary for you. You know, these are just very masculine energy based. And at the end of this, you know you'll have done probably quite a bit of work, but it's probably not going to convert many prospects. You know, you're going to come across as cold as robotic. You are going to co- sound like it's all about you because it is. I mean, it's all about your knowledge and your previous results and things about you. And, and ultimately, if this is what your marketing is, if this is what you are using to try to get prospective clients, ultimately you're going to turn yourself into commodity. Where you're not going to be distinguishable from the guy down the street or the woman up the road who might have also done a lot of cases or have experience in this practice area. And when you become a commodity, it's a race to the bottom. People start to look at price because there's, you know, a commodity by definition really means that there's really no distinguishing features. One, service one product is just as good as the next. So the only distinguishing feature is price. And so then you start having clients who are fighting over price, who are going to you or the other person or whomever based strictly on price and nothing else. And that's really not where you want to be in your law practice. So it's why it's important when you're doing your marketing to incorporate fem- feminine energy. You need to connect to your prospects on an emotional level. You want know, have empathy if if someone comes to you and they're telling you about the problems they're having with their spouse and why they think they want to leave a div- when they want to maybe a divorce, you need to have empathy with them. You, know, you want to uh, show your understanding of the situation, show compassion for them, that you understand where they're coming from, and you can help. You know, not just that, yes, I have experience doing these type of cases and I know all the ins and outs. But that you can understand where that person maybe is coming from, the emotions that they're feeling, and that you not only are listening to those things, but can help them feel better, can help bring peace of mind, you know, can help them achieve whatever it is that they're really looking to achieve, whether that's getting out of a bad marriage, uh, you know, getting out of a um a bad legal situation where they're being charged with some sort of a of a crime or whatnot, you know, whatever it might be. Showing that you understand them, and we're going to get those results. You know, it's all about. And I know you've heard about this over and over again, but to get somebody to hire you, you need to have. They need to know, like, and trust you, right? And the only way that that can happen is with these feminine energies, things with the emotions, with the connections, with the relationships. Not on the I've done twenty cases like this before, and I've brought a million dollars worth of. Verdicts in, or whatever, like that. And then, of course, your marketing plan, the actual planning part of the process that's also mask or excuse me feminine energy. You know, without that, you're just throwing darts out there. You're just doing one thing after another. Maybe today you're recording a podcast episode and tomorrow you're doing a video and then the next day you're writing a blog post, but nothing is really coordinated together. You don't have really a coherent theme between everything. It's just kind of whatever comes and whatever gets out there and you know, you're just working on really quantity versus quality. And I and I think you want to get that that's really not that effective you're a lot more effective when you have these other planning and components in it when you bring the emotional aspects and things like that the feminine energy into into your marketing and your law practice now you can still be more feminine than masculine again the law the legal profession is a very masculine profession and, and so by and large, you know, based on your personalities, based on who you are and what, on, you know, on, on just the way that the system's set up, you're probably going to be more masculine than feminine or have more masculine energy, I should say, than feminine energy. And just because that's the, that's the industry we, we, we're in, right? Uh, we're in. Good thing. It, now, it doesn't have to be 50-50. You don't have to have 50% masculine, 50% feminine energy. You know, it can be any combination thereof. You know, baking, for instance, is a primarily masculine energy thing. You know, you're going by a recipe. You're measuring. You're have, it, it's focused on being precise about, you know, little changes, little things you can do differently, a change in temperature here, um, a little bit more or less of an ingredient here or there. Something very small, seemingly insignificant, can actually have really big effects on what you're doing, you know. If you put a little too much baking soda in your and, and your bread or something, it can affect how it rises, how dense it is, and all these things, right? Cooking on the other side um, adds feminine energy to that process. So in cooking, you're doing you're, you know you're you might have a recipe sure, but it's more flexible. You know you might rather than go by specifically exactly the quantities on the on the recipe, maybe you're just kind of going by look. Or by taste, you know, you're tasting it, seeing what this needs a little bit more of. You're playing with ingredients, you're you're adding spices and herbs and things and and you're constantly maybe tweaking and experimenting with things. And you know, it's it's never really a constant thing, like you know, baking a uh, best basic cookies. You're probably doing the same recipe for chocolate chip cookies, doing it the same way every single time. Not the same thing with cooking. And and that's one of the reasons why I like to like cooking and I really bake. Because I don't like the rigidity. The rigidity of recipes and and you have to you know keep very track of all the measurements and things like that. You know I prefer flexibility and being able to be creative and making adjustments and experimenting with things a little bit. You know what happens if I put a little more oregano in it or or whatever. You know my wife on the other hand will do baking. She'll bake cookies and things like that at times, but she doesn't like to cook. Because just for the opposite reason, she likes to follow directions. She likes to have a very structured path to take and know, and likes to know, you know, has the predict the predictability, the knowing that if she follows these steps, that she should get a certain result every single time. It's repetitious, right? So those are things that she likes, um, you know. But just because, you know, we're talking about feminine energy and the importance of incorporating it into your life, your law practice, all these things, don't feel that you need to all of a sudden do a 180 switch, and all of a sudden you're going to be super, uh, you know, focus super much on feminine energy and things, and you're going to be sitting and meditating all the time, and you're not going to do anything, right? You know, masculine energy is always going to be part of it. We're just really saying that you want to incorporate more of feminine energy, Into what you're doing. And so, I mean, how do you do that? Well, in your life generally, that's going to be things like taking time to reflect, meditating, writing in a journal. You know, every morning I get up, and one of the first things I do is I sit down and I write in a journal. You know, for me, I write down the things I'm grateful for, and I also take some time to meditate. Uh, I like to spend at least 10 minutes in the morning listening to some sort of a, maybe a guided meditation or just sitting in silence sometimes or, or soft music or whatever. Um, and that allows some of that more feminine, more intuition, things like that to come through more of the relaxation, the rest side of it. Spending time in nature. Uh, just last week, in fact, uh, my, my wife and my daughter and I went hiking. It was one of the nice, one of the last nice days that we are going to have for a while and we had some time and we decided we're going to go out into, into the woods close to our uh, close to the house and go hiking and that's a great way to relax, to connect with nature to feel grounded um, to kind of step away from all the doing on the creative side you can find some sort of an outlet for that creativity, you know you may think that as a lawyer you're very logic driven, that you're not really a creative type of person, you know that you're very left brain with stuff, but Really, as a lawyer, as we talked about with the closing arguments, you have, you know, creativity is part of everyone and it's really part of everything, part of law practice, uh, part of running a business and things like that. You have it inside of you and it can express itself in different ways. It could be art, you know, maybe you like to draw or paint. My daughter loves to draw and she likes to paint and color. Maybe you like to write, maybe creative writing or even just journal writing, you know, just a nonfiction, whatever it might be, maybe is a way for you to, as a creative outlet for you. Maybe it's music, you know, playing the piano or guitar or another instrument or singing. You know, in undergrad, um, I did a lot of singing and things like that. And it was a great way for me to kind of, um, you know, focus into some of this feminine energy and get away from all the doing um, of, of studying and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it doesn't have to be, you know, what we could, typically think of creating, of, of being creative. It could be building something, you know, uh, hammer and nails, wood. It could be carving. Um, it could be metalwork, blowing glass, you know, anything hands-on like that. You know, when you're creating something new, that's also creative, you know, and that also counts. Those are also ways that you can kind of sit back and allow you to get in touch with some of those uh, more creative things, more of the feminine energy side obviously we talked about listening to your emotions listening to your intuition um you know that gut feeling that you get you know your instincts maybe think of it like that getting more rest you know um this is one thing that i've really been working on is getting more sleep at night is going to bed early enough that i get 7 plus hours of sleep every night you know a lot of times i'm getting 8 and 9 hours of sleep um, you know, because of when we put my daughter to bed and I just go to sleep at that time, it just makes it easier but it's, for me it's it's i I know I feel better after I do it, and I know that's helping my body stay healthy it's helping me relax, rejuvenate, overcome stress I mean, you can go to all the different surveys and and studies and things like that to talk about the value of sleep, so I don't want to go into that, but those are also ways, and then you know putting a value on things like spontaneity. You know, not feeling that you always have to have a plan for doing things, you know, just enjoying taking things as they come, you know, and playing, you know, this kind of goes back to when I was with my daughter, my wife this week, you know, we just decided spur of the moment, <clears throat> you know, she got off of school and we said, you know what, we've got a good, maybe hour and a half, two hours of daylight. Let's go for a walk and, the, you know, let's go hiking. And so we did that and we had fun and we walked and we talked and it was a good time, you know, and all these things are things that you can do in your life generally to help with um, bring more feminine energy. What about your law practice? Well, the first thing that I would say, and, and this is advice that I give to pretty much any lawyer, because we're notorious at not doing this, uh, because we get into the go and the go, and we just kind of jump right into things, but is it take time to really think about what you want. Both in your life and your law practice. I mean, for me, when I started my law practice, I just kind of had to jump in and I didn't really think about what I wanted it to look like, what I wanted my life to look like, you know, or or any of that kind of stuff, you know, who I wanted for clients, uh, what kind of practice areas I wanted to do really. I just kind of jumped in and started working to get the phone to ring. And I think often we as lawyers, that's what we do. We jump in, especially if you start a solo practice uh, early in your career. Maybe you know you don't really think about what about my practice to look like. You know what is going to work best for me, work best for my clients. And so taking time to sit down and just really thinking about that, um, you know, and and then using that to formulate a plan, which then you can apply all that masculine energy to and all the action um, to put into place. Uh, Setting boundaries. One of the big challenges that many lawyers face, and I did when I was um, starting my practice, and something that you may not think about even, is the fact that we Tento's lawyers have a very strong identity as lawyers. We went through law school, we took the bar exam, you know, all that, and when, when you ask a lawyer, what do you do, or tell me about yourself, probably nine times out of ten, the response is going to be, the first thing's going to come out of your mouth as a lawyer is going to be, I'm a lawyer. And that's because we identify so much with that, with being a lawyer. And the downside of that is that we often have this 24 7 lawyer mentality that we're always a lawyer. And that's not always the most healthy thing to have. You know, you need to be able to take time away to stop, to turn off the lawyer inside of you and relax, go on vacation, you know, take a long weekend. Um, set a, a a time when you're stopping work. You know, for me, five o'clock is the end of my day, and I don't work after five o'clock generally, unless it's on very rare occasions where I'm trying to you know finish something up. You know, I'm pretty set with my boundaries and times and things like that. And as lawyers, that can be really challenging for us. And I think it's because we see ourselves as lawyers first and foremost, above everything else, and so. We look at everything through that lens. Well, you know, our clients need help. Well, we're a lawyers, so we need to help them. We need to do what we need to do to finish that brief, to do that research, you know, or, or whatever, mean, you know, to prepare for that trial, whatever it is, you know. And we often forget that, yeah, we might be a lawyer, and that may be a very important identity that we have, but there are also other identities inside of us. For me, I'm a dad, you know, I'm a father. I'm a husband and those are also really important identities for me and i have to make sure that i take time to focus on those as well you know if i don't take time away from being a lawyer to be a dad then i'm not a i'm not giving my daughter the the childhood the family the father that she needs and deserves but i'm missing out a lot on her life i'm missing out on all those you know, soccer practices and recitals and firsts in her life, you know, first time to walk and talk and do all these things, first day of the school and, and all this other stuff and just being able to spend time with her as she grows. You know, I'm missing out of that if I don't take the time. And similarly, being a husband, if I don't take time to spend with my wife, to eat dinner together with her, to talk with her in the evenings, um, you know, just to, you know, t- to be there and spend time together. You know, date nights and things like that. It's going to negatively affect a relationship to the point where it may kill the relationship, right? I mean, if you're not spending enough time with your spouse, um, you know, that can really impact that personal relationship. And so, I think it's really important to not to to, to set these boundaries, to realize that yes, I'm a lawyer, but I don't need to be a lawyer twenty four seven. There are other things. I have other priorities in my life as well, and I need to devote time to those too. I need to turn off the lawyer part and focus on these other things, as, you know. Also, uh, what else can you do in your law practice? So, um, you know, oftentimes we come to challenges, things that, that just I don't think that that's going to work. Or I don't know how that can work. You know, rather than saying you know this can't be done, this is it's impossible, this is just not going to work. Instead of saying, this can't be done, ask yourself, you know, well, how could we do this? You know, how can this be done? You know, don't feel that you or don't be constrained by industry norms. You know, well, this just isn't done in the legal profession or lawyers don't do this, you know, or precedents. You know, we talked about earlier, this is the way things have always been done. You know, I hate that, um, you know, because we use it as a crutch. We use that as an excuse for doing something, for making changes. Um, you know, for, you know, for, for staying with a situation that doesn't work for us or it doesn't work for our clients or whatever, you know, don't be constrained by things just because this is where they are or how you think they might be. You know, don't let things seem that seem Yeah, Don't let, excuse me, it, something that being difficult, being an obstacle for you, you know, sure. There are things out there that are tough and it may take a lot of effort, a lot of planning, a lot of whatever to overcome it. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't try. You know, that doesn't mean that you sh- that it's something that's impossible just because it's difficult. You know, many of the some of the best things in life are difficult. You know, and it's actually the satisfaction of the process of getting there that makes it so much better when you do finally achieve it. Yeah. And then the last thing. Is you know a lot of times as lawyers we tend to focus on achievements, on success, on being productive, and and rather than focusing on those things, on action, on doing, very masculine energy things. Instead, think about you know how can you focus? How can you serve others? What do my clients really need from me? What ways can I assist them beyond what I'm already doing? How can I help them more? How can I make their life better? You know, how can I be a better human being, a better boss, a better coworker? You know, how can I make myself better instead of focusing again on all the things and accomplishing this goal and this and that and and and, and I know we're lawyers; we like. Goals, achievements—we like to feel success, all that stuff. I get it, I understand that, and I'm not saying that you throw that away or that you just ignore all that. But sometimes there are more important things than reaching the goal, right? It's the you know the the meme of the um, of the person who f- on a track meet and a person the person falls down one of the racers falls down crashes to its uh I don't know hurdle or something like that and is really struggling and the other person stops and the next lane over stops helps them and kind of walks with them across the finish line you know it's not about the accomplishment of fizz- of finishing it's about something better or bigger than that something greater than than being product- productive or achieving something all right so as you see, we've taken a little bit of a turn here. I think into um, a little softer side of things, um, which I think is really important because lawyers, we we don't spend enough time and attention on these things, and they're I think still very important for your law practice. Your takeaway today from today's episode is that you need to incorporate feminine energy into your life and your law practice. Um, masculine energy alone, which is all the doing, it's the structure, it's the logic, all that kind of stuff, can only get you so far. If you want to be really, truly successful, and I know we talked about you know, not really focusing on success, but if you want to be successful, if you want to accomplish the things that you're trying to accomplish in life, whether that's um, growing your practice, making money, helping more people, whatever it is, if you want to be able to do these things, You need both masculine and feminine energy in your life. All right. Well, thank you guys again for listening. And I will talk to you on the next episode.